0: Women. We tried our very best to just donate all the money we brought in because to the nutrition center. So we got out and got prizes. Like one year, I think, uh, Kenny got a, a couple of trolling motors or a trolling motor for, the, for a boat, and that was a first-place prize. So it was, it was never about the money for the fishermen. It was more about the prizes and, and, and raising the money for the nutrition center. And we felt like, you know, if the entry it would stay down there low, you might get some families that would want to fish or get some young men, you know, high schoolers that would like to fish. And so that's kind of why. And it's never changed. I mean, it stayed there. And I kind of agree with you. Over the years and over the time, like, I kind of find that a little surprising.
1: But I'm glad that we're still Camel boots on my feet, bow in my
2: hand. Walking in the early dawn.
1: Hey, Redbone, did you hear about that new deer feed? What new deer feed?
2: Hey, Buck Grits, boys, you ain't heard of that yet?
1: Buck
0: Grits? Buckgrits.com.
1: Buck Grits. Well, tell us about it. What makes it better than any other deer feed?
0: Well, Buck Grits has got the protein a deer needs, it's got the fat a deer needs, it's got the amino acids, it's got the energy, it's got it all, brother. It's going to well, bring them back after the rut and it's going to put a rack on their
1: head. And it's going to help the and dough, I assume, too, after they have the fawns. That's
0: right. Keep the fawns going and get them for the next crop.
1: Well, where can I get Buck Grits?
0: buckgrits.com. You can get a sample, you can
1: order it directly from the website, and we're coming to a retailer near you. If you want to help a deer hurt, use Buck Grits. I've been on a big boy for a while. I could load him in the back of my truck. We can take it to a holler, take it to a field. Across a creek of a big old hill. You're
3: Wise Eye presents. Welcome to American Roots Outdoors. I'm calling via phone from my home office and in the studio is Wayne Locke and Redbone Mike Grayson. As always, we've got great content, great shows lined up for all of our listeners across the world. And the title of this show this week is Smallmouth in the Ozarks, and who will be the king? Who will be the king? Think about that, Redbone. Wayne, you know what it stands for and why I said that. The King of the Rivers this weekend in the heart of the Ozarks right here on the current river. It's one of the most prestigious tournaments, smallmouth river tournaments ever held, Wayne Redbone.
2: Yeah, from what I understand, it's like getting the key to the city. You're that <laughs> you are that important for a year. Yeah. yeah, the the key to the river. The key to the river. There you go. Key to the river. <laughs>
4: Right, so, Alex, how, how, yeah, and I know we'll find out more from one of our guests later because we've got a really cool guest coming up later to talk about this tournament. But do you know offhand how long this tournament's been going on?
3: I want to say it's been going over 20 years. Wow. Over 20 years. And uh, I, I you have to go to the Facebook, the Curt River Smallmouth Association. Uh, last year's post, we had all the winners from certain years. Uh, who won it, uh, I do know this. There's two people that's won the King of the River more than once, and one of them is Derek Hampton, and the other one's Jack Rutledge, my brother. He's won it three times, my brother Jack, and Derek's won it twice. Wow. Last year, Aaron Nicholson from Birch Street, my great-nephew through marriage, he won it last year. So you fish the tournament by yourself, you weigh five, inch, five smallmouth, and you can have six in the line, well, but you can only weigh five of your best fish. And I believe twelve pounds won it last year. If I'm correct. Hmm.
2: Well, I tell you, uh, Red Redbone, that does say something. If it's been around for twenty years and only two people have won yeah. more than once, yeah. odds of you, uh, you know, winning are actually then pretty good. It's not like you have someone that m- monopolizes the tournament every year.
4: Right. Well, and that's and that's good for yeah. the sport and it's good for the tournament to have different winners because it lets everybody know that they've got a shot. And I'm surprised, Alex. And, and of course, we don't have the whole list of, of all the winners. But uh, uh, I'm really surprised too that there hadn't been. There has not been somebody that's come along that has dominated for you know a two or three or even four year stretch.
3: Yeah, well, it, it doesn't happen because the river fishermen. Yeah. There's so many fishermen that is so talented, so good. It, it, man, I'd hate to bet who's going to win because everybody's at that level it's really really good you know uh the one that's really hot this year and i'm going to brag on him uh is aaron nicholson aaron nicholson's been in the top five in every tournament this this year wow so far
4: so he would be the odds on something
3: yeah okay you know i figured something out finally i went pre-fishing last friday and uh, by noon, I had a- around ten pounds and five fish. So wow. I figured something out. If I stick to it, I feel confident of doing pretty good in the tournament. We'll see what happens. I don't know because the fish can change. I talked to my brother Jack today. He pre-fished Monday and he said he had twelve pounds by noon.
2: Oh wow! <laughs> All right. We'll, yeah. So you're not going to. Th- so we'll so you're not going to. Uh, you're not going to throw the tournament this year like you've been doing the last few years. You said.
5: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: Anyway, he keeps let's saying talk every year. Smallmouth, real quick. <laughs> let's Go talk ahead. about smallmouth real quick. I've pulled up uh, some information here about the Ozarks. The scientific name for the smallmouth is Micro dolemina. Uh It's a, a center I'm trying to say this cichra kdi sunfishes in the order Perciformes. Perch like fishes. The description of the small bass is a large, elongated fish with a markedly large mouth. The cheek scales are much larger than the rest of the body scales. The back and sides are greenish brown with faint dark mottling and bars. The belly is whitish, overlaid with dusty pigment. There's no dark horizontal stripes and it lacks rows of dark spots. In adults, the upper jaw reaches to about the rear margin of the eyes. The tongue usually has a rough patch. The two dorsal fins are connected. The similar species, the smallmouth bass, is mostly closely related to the largemouth bass and spotted basses. Other common names for the smallmouth is brown bass, brownie, or bronzeback. The size of these smallmouth here in the Ozarks uh, can range from total length 10 to 20 inches, the weight from half a pound to four pounds and the maximum length is around 22 inches long and can weigh up to six pounds so that's biology and information on a smallmouth my biggest is 22 and three quarters and the fish weighed five two and i caught it in august off the jacksport river
4: oh wow yeah and they're and they're pretty abundant in in some streams and then they just don't exist in others and uh, what the, the cold water streams, right, Alex? I mean, those fish really need that cold water, the, the fresh water, the the spring-fed rivers.
3: Exactly. It says here they predominantly like cool, clear Ozark streams and large mm-hmm. reservoirs in the Ozarks sparingly in the upper Mississippi River and most of its principal prairie tributaries. Okay. It says the smallmouth bass spawn from early or mid-April when the water temperature exceeds 60 degrees Fahrenheit is when they start their spawn. And boy, we're going to wrap it up, care. everybody. We're going to go to a break. When we come back, we've got Curtis Black that's going to be joining us and talk about founding the King of the River. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more right after this. Hey, y'all. It's Tyler Farr, and you're hanging with me and my good buddy, Alex Rutledge, on American Roots
1: Outdoors. Wishing on some love. I've been on. Redbone, what would you say if I could tell you that you could kill a buck on a certain day?
4: I would say you're crazy. There's no way to predict how the bucks are going to move.
1: Well, you're wrong. There's a new camera out called Wise Eye Technologies. These guys can predict the actual deer movement exact time that a deer is going to come through. Really? Wise Eye Technology? This camera has five megapixel pictures, has a GPS system built inside, and it's an experience using this camera. It collects data and tells you the movement, wind direction, everything. On a camera? On a camera. WiseEyeTechnologies.com
4: and how do I find out more information about these guys?
1: You go to wiseysmartcam.com. I'm using them. You should too. Make your hunt easier. Use Wise Eye. Up A big old hill. Year after year, got my
3: gear. Outdoors presents. Welcome back to American Reach Outdoors again. Uh, calling via phone from my home office. And we've got Wayne Locke in the studio, Redbone Mike Crace, my directors, co-hosts, and we got our special guest, Mr. Curtis Black. Curtis Black is the brainchild behind helping create the King of the River with some other guys in the band during Carter County area. And uh, we're going to dig into the history of this, how it was created and why it was created. And Curtis,
0: welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Alex. Good to be with you.
3: Yeah. So, so Curtis, let's talk about you real quick. You've got brothers, and, and you're roots from deep in Carter County. You was born and raised in Carter County, went to school there and played
0: sports, and your dad was a pastor and a great man. Your roots are deep in Carter County, correct? Well, yes, what it is, my mother's family was all originally from uh, Van Buren, and my dad's family was from the east side of Elsinore. And, and I actually I actually went to school down in the boot hill and graduated, and my mom and dad had moved back to Van Buren, and they uh, and so I moved here, and that huh. that's kind of how it. That's kind of how. It, so we've been here for oh several years. If you was to describe the
3: Ozarks to our listeners, Carter County, Current River, uh, and, and, and this show is airing in nineteen countries, Curtis, and it, it's it's in, aired in different languages. I'm sure. So how would you explain the Ozarks and the current river to everybody listening?
0: Well, you know, of course, I think a lot of times we take it for granted that we live here, but I think it was one of uh, God's greatest creations. You know, I've always joked about it and said that God was born right here on the current river. It's a, <laughs> it's, it's, got, it's got beautiful, beautiful views. And, you know, it's for an outdoorsman, it's an outdoorsman's paradise. You've got a lot of public hunting land. And of course you've got the, uh, You've got the beautiful current river. You know, it's got springs up and down it, and it's just it's one of the greatest fisheries in the state of Missouri.
3: I would agree with you. And, and, and Red Bone, I know he's wanting to ask a question to Wayne. I'm going to ask this question, and I'm going to turn it over to Wayne. Uh, let's talk about the Big Spring, and then after that, we're going to get into talking about how you guys come up with the King River. Tell us about the Big Spring.
0: Well, you know, ever since I was a little kid, you know, I mean, Big Springs is is it's one of the world's largest springs. It's crystal clear, yeah. and it's a it's a great vacation destination. Uh, you know, there's a lot of good campgrounds in the area, and of course, there's a lot of floating on the current river. <laughs> and uh, if, if you've never been there and you've never seen it before, it, it's definitely worth your time if you're in the, in the Ozarks to swing by and look at Big Springs. Yeah,
2: Spring?
4: I, yeah. I... Go ahead, Wayne.
2: Well, as I say, with the, that was actually one of my questions I had for you. Do you find that being that this time of year is so popular with, uh, you know, people doing the floating and that, that does it interfere with the uh, the guys that are out there fishing that day for this tournament? Or do you find that sometimes maybe it actually helps because they're stirring up the water and, and keeping the fish active?
0: Well, you know, that's, uh, that, that's one of the things that a lot of the fishermen like. You know, I was always a little different. I always tried to kind of get away from the crowd. And, uh, but, you know, I've had a lot of times and when I was fishing tournaments, you know, the more traffic you got, you know, the better. It's like you say, it stirs up mm-hmm. the bottom and in the fish feed. And so, and it's such a wonderful fishery. I mean, it, it's a, it's just a great fishery and you're, you're going to go on Kurt River. There'll be a lot of days you'll catch. I mean, you could catch 50 to 75 bass in a day mm-hmm. easy. And, uh, you know, they're not all giants, but it doesn't matter. It's just all about the experience. And, you you know, it, a lot of times you don't have time to get bored because they, they bite so well.
5: And I'm not <laughs> saying that. Anybody that's ever fished it's the truth.
0: them will, will, you know, will say. As a matter of fact, it's kind of a hidden secret. Because I, if everybody yeah. knew how good a fishery it was, <laughs> there'd be more boats on it than there was floaters. <laughs> well, I want to
3: say this for uh, Redbone to ask you a question. We're lucky that some of the the rich people, uh, wealthy people, has not come here invested into our area to turn it into a Branson. Because if they knew about it, they probably would. Curtis.
0: Well, you know, I always said, I always said, you know, there's just a lot of old money here. It, you know, we, we welcome the tourists in our area because that's. You know, it, it's what yeah. we thrive on here in, in Van Buren with the floating and with, you know, the restaurants. But at the same time, it, you know, it's a seasonal deal. So in in the fall and the winter, there's, you know, you go from fishing to you've got gigging, you know, and then, you, of course, you got hunting up and down the river. And and what you have is, is you know, we kind of call it the local the local season in the fall and the winter. You know, you just, if you're a local person, you kind of feel like you get your river back. But, you know, it, it's a great destination. I don't, you know, a lot of people float on Current River, a lot of people fish on Current River, and very, very few problems. It's just a great place to come and vacation.
4: And Curtis, you mentioned earlier uh, Big Spring and, and just kind of touched on it for a moment. I can remember going there as a kid, uh, but I can honestly say I don't think I've been to Big Springs probably in about 40 years. Uh, how has that area changed over the last couple of decades? Because I know... You know, with, with the the government getting more and more involved in our state parks and those things like that, and the and the national parks, that those things all kind of grow. And so, you know, before we get out of this segment, start talking more about the uh, King of the River tournament. Uh, you know, what's there now for the folks that go to Big Springs?
0: Well, I'm gonna tell you that that's kind of odd that you ask that question. You because know, 'cause I'm kind of borderline. You know, I, I we have a real really great park superintendent now. Mm-hmm. On the, for the Ozark National Scenic Riverways in our area. And, you know, I, I kind of commented with him one day. I take my seven-year-old grandson down there. He likes to go down to the park and play, and he can hike and ride bikes. And for the most part, that's all really probably hasn't changed. And I told him one day in the restaurant, I said, the one thing that hasn't changed is, is I, I slid up and down that slide that's there when I was a kid. Oh, wow. And I said, you know, I would like to see, I would like to see uh, you know, the National Park Service go in there and make it a little more, kid friendly because mm-hmm. you know we've still got the original swing and we've still got the original slide and wow hmm. and you know I, I just think that they could do a little better job with that but as far as the beauty of the spring it hasn't changed i mean it's still like they, they keep it mowed it looks really well and there's a lot of people come and see that spring every year
4: yeah i live right here within, Awesome. yeah it's, i live within minutes of the mammoth spring cool. i here mammoth spring arkansas in the same way i mean this it, I mean, it changed here about uh, 40 years ago when they moved things a little further away from the lake and put in a ball field and some of that stuff. But when you get right up on the spring, it's, it's, it's still just in this pristine, natural beauty. And, and that's what we want. We want them to stay that way.
0: Yeah, and, you, you know, that's one thing I can say. You know, I mean, I complain a little bit because I would like to see more things for the little guys to do. But in saying that, you know, there's something to be said about the fact that it's so original. Yeah. You know, and uh, I remember it as a kid back then. I re- it looks the same to me today. So it's just it's just one of the things that God made that 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 is absolutely beautiful. <laughs> I would I agree
3: with you, uh, Curtis, one hundred percent. Just want to touch on this before we go to a break. We got about a minute, minute and a half here. Uh, the current river, the Big Spring, is located just south of Dan Buren of the bridge on Highway sixty about two miles, mile and a half. Anybody can go there's no charge to see it. It pumps over 220 million gallons of water every 36 hours. It says on information that it gives you about the spring that it pumps enough water to fill the Anheuser-Busch Stadium up three times in 36 hours, gentlemen. That's something.
4: That's a lot of water. Yeah, so
0: just, it, It's awesome to see. It really is. And it here's the the great thing, you know, it is crystal clear. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just a beautiful place.
3: Yeah, everybody, if you just join us, we're going to go to a break. We've got Mr. Curtis Black. He's the brainchild, one of the brainchilds, that helped create the King of the River. He is a native of, of Shepard County and the current river. He guides some there, and he's fishes a lot of tournaments. He knows a lot of the history, and we're going to talk about how they created the King of the River after we come back. We'll be right back with more American Roots Outdoors right after this. Hey, everybody. This is Michael Wadding with Bone Collector and you're listening
0: to my buddy Alex Rutledge on American Roots Outdoors, man. Don't miss the an episode. Of a big old-
1: many of you are tired of your batteries running out of energy out of power let me tell you about amped outdoors I've changed using the batteries I have had in the past amped outdoors I have the new 80 amp 24 volt single battery weighs 46 pounds this thing has produced energy all day long tested for two days total use 11 hours cannot tell the batteries that have even lost any energy Go to Amped Outdoors if you want to be successful and not run out of power. My old pair of hunting boots, passed on down, planted deep in the ground, around your heart, so you
3: never go. the ammunition. Eagle Seed presents America Roots Outdoors. This is set at three of our show. And again, we've got Curtis Black, a native of Carter County. A, uh, I believe you won the King of the River one time, didn't you, Curtis? <laughs> No, sir, I did not. I I thought you did. Oh, okay. Well, let's talk about the King of the River. And I didn't mean that to be a sarcastic or mean and pun. I really thought you did win it. Uh, You're the brainchild uh, that came up with the idea to create this King of the River. Can you tell us how you came up with that idea? How many years
0: has it been running? Oh, boy, Alex. I mean, now, you know, I'm going to tell my age how old I am. It's been around for a while. But here, here's the thing. At the time, I had a cousin that was, uh, was the lady that was taking care of the Carter County Nutrition Center. And so we were trying to figure out fundraisers. And, you know, in a small town, it's, it's sometimes fundraisers are hard because businesses struggle and what have you. But so I had talked to some of uh, my fishing people. You know, I, I will say that Current River, the, the bass club that we have here, has got some of the best fishermen in the world. Now, and and that's a big statement to make, but I'm telling you, these old hillbillies know how to catch them (laughs) smallmouth and and they're tough to compete against. And so, not only are they competitors, but we've all been great, great friends. So, I got with some of the guys and visited with them and told them, I said, Look, I'm here, I'm tossing an idea around. You know, I'd like to help them with a fundraiser, so I'm thinking about having a bass tournament. And my idea for the bass tournament was, you know, we all fish uh buddy tournaments and we go you know we fish with the same guy all year for angler of the year points and 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 we love the river and i thought why don't we get more boats if we'll back the entry fee off and just everybody fish for themselves and they'll weigh in their five best fish and then we'll call it king of the river because what happens is is you know that would that would mean that you're the best for one year and you could put your name on a plaque well how How it really got going was, I know you know Kenny Hunt.
5: Oh, yeah. He passed
0: away. A King of the River champion. Yeah, but I'm going to tell you something. Kenny was was one of the best friends, one of my good friends. And not only that, but he was a great man, and he was well-respected. And uh, he was just quite the fundraiser, to be honest. So him and I kind of got together, and we kind of formed this, and we decided at that time that we would go uh, raise this money, and we would split it between Ripley County, and w- between Carter County. And so I really liked that because Kenny's such a good fundraiser. I'd take a little pressure off of me. And so we got everybody involved and we, we started that. Well, it become a huge success. And not only that, but as us fishermen, we kind of liked the idea that, you know, we'd be king of the river. And like I told you all ago, unfortunately, I've never won that. That's on my bucket list, but, uh, you know, I would, uh, I always wanted to, you know, and so, it just—that's how it got started, and the, and we started raising money, and we split it between the two counties. But uh, as time went on, it just—you know—after Kenny passed away, well, Ripley County kind of fell out, and we just continued it on. And Barb does a real good job, the lady that's yep. there now, and and uh, you know we all, everybody always looks forward to it every year. I mean, it, it's turned into be something that all of us bass tournament fishermen would like to win sometime or another.
3: Would you say? that the King of the River is the most prestigious tournament of the year. Would you say that? I will.
0: Well, I think, you know, if you fish bass tournaments, I mean, of course, naturally you want to win Angler of the Year, and naturally you like to win a tournament, and you'd like to win the Classic, but there's there's just something to be said to say, hey, boys, I'm King of the River this year. That's right. Not in a, not in a boastful way, but in a yeah. proud way, because like I yeah. said earlier, if you beat these guys on Current River, you can say you've done something because you fished against the best. Well, you won, you have
3: won a lot of tournaments on the on the Current River fishing as partners. What is your highest placing in the King of the River? Wasn't it second? You know,
0: once again, it, 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 it could have been second or it might have been third, and and you know, I just never seen to break times. over that.
5: But several it's times, a,
0: yeah. But, you know, we just, it it was just a tournament that we all look forward to every year.
3: And let's do this real quick, if you don't mind, Wayne and Redbone. Mention some of the legends that you can think of that's gone now. Uh, The famous Carl Jones, a legend. He just passed away. Uh, We send our condolences and love to the community down there. Uh, Kenny Hunt, uh, Paul Henderson's dad. You name some of the legends that you know. Cordell Smith.
0: Well, yes. Yeah. You know, well, we had you know Quinn Towery and and Cordell was was great men and they, and they were great fishermen. And then you know, uh, way back when you had Willie Parks. You know, Willie Parks was a guy on oh, the river for yeah. years, making made, made his own little baits. And as a matter of fact, Willie's the one that actually introduced me to smallmouth fishing on Current River, and we ended up buying his canoe rental way back when. So, uh, but when I look back on it, you know, the people that that I know that's come and gone, you know, and you you said mentioned Carl, you know, Carl's one of yeah. one of my very, very best friends. I've traveled around the world with him. We've been to old Mexico all the way to Canada and everywhere in between and we fished and not only have we fished but we've had had wonderful, you know, wonderful times together. And so same goes with Kenny Hunch, and I went to Canada with Kenny and and so there are just so many guys that's you know, I mean some great fishermen, but not only just fishermen Alex, but they were fishermen of men. They did yeah. a lot. For, they did a lot for people, and they, yeah. uh, you know, Christian, it, it's just Christian, a, a, yes, yeah, yeah. good Christian men. You know, very. They just had great, great. They were just great people. I mean, I can't say enough. I'm kind of lost for words because, like I said, we just yeah. lost Carl, and and Carl was very important to me, and important to a lot of people. Yes, yes, Money.
2: Well, I'll say one of the things that stood out to me about this tournament is the entry fee. And that is as big and prestigious as this tournament is and as long as this has been going on, the the interest, entrance fee is so affordable. It's not like, you know, it started out at, you know, $20 a boat or something, you know, years and years ago. And now it's, you know, $500 a boat. It's still, I mean, so it's $40 a boat. And that, to me, is just amazing that it's stayed that low for such a prestigious tournament. You just don't hear about stuff like that nowadays.
5: Well, part
0: of the the reason for that was is we knew, you know, whoever fishes the tournament, naturally, it's more about winning. It's more about having your name on that plaque than it is Mm -hmm. however much money that you could possibly win. So it was based around prizes in the beginning, more so than the money. We tried to, as fishermen, as a club and as a group of men, we, and women, we tried our very best to just donate all the money we brought in because to the nutrition center. So we got out and got prizes. Like one year, I think, uh, Kenny got a, a couple of trolling motors or a trolling motor for, the, for a boat, and that was a first-place prize. So it was, it was never about the money for the fishermen. It was more about the prizes and, and, and raising the money for the nutrition center. And we felt like, you know, if the entry it would stay down there low, you might get some families that would want to fish or get some young men, you know, high schoolers that would like to fish. And so that's kind of why, and it's never changed. I mean, it stayed there. And I kind of agree with you over the years and over the time, I, I kind of find that a little surprising, but I'm glad that it's real affordable because it's a wonderful day.
4: Yeah. yeah. And guys, before you, well, before, been, yeah, Alex, uh, real quick before wrapping up here, I think it's probably important to mention that you don't have to be a member of the current river smallmouth association to fish this tournament. It's open to anybody to fish, right?
0: Yes, sir. Yeah, Anybody that wants to fish it, we encourage anybody to come. And uh, just just be prepared to fish your heart out because you're fishing against <laughs> some of the best competitors in the state of Missouri. I promise you.
3: I think what we need to add to this before we wrap up this segment of the show is that all these proceeds go to Carter County Nutrition Center to feed elderly people that, that need help. So all this money goes to help senior citizens. Curtis, you've been a great guest. And I want to thank you for joining us. And we're going to go to a break. We come back. we got Miss Bob Rogers. Uh, she's the director of Carter County Musician Center. We'll be right back with more right after this.
0: Right here, right now, this is Chancey Walters listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge. He knows our
1: bowl. Around your heart so you never got to worry hey, what the wind might do, American Roots. Hey, Turkey Hunters, this is Alex Rulidge. Have you heard about Apex Ammunition? If you haven't, they are American-owned, American-made, made one at a time, hand-loaded. These turkey loads will give you the confidence that you need to close the deal on that old hook daddy long beard jobber. For more information, go to www.apexammunition.com.
3: Welcome back to American Reach Outdoor segment four of the show. And what a great guest Curtis Black was with all that wonderful information, Redbone Wayne, uh, talking about Carter County and the Nutrition Center and the King of the River. Man, what a great guest.
4: Yeah, I thought so, too. And very interesting, uh, I mean, uh, talking about Big Spring, and I think I'm going to make a trip up there here in the next couple of weeks and take a look around because I haven't been in 40 years. Uh, but then the history of the tournament, that was really interesting.
3: Yes, and he talked about the old legends in Carter County, too, Wayne. I thought that was pretty cool and uh, really unique, and he has a lot of history. And on the phone right now just joined us is Miss Barb Rogers. She's the director for Carter County Nutrition Center, and we're going to talk to Barb here about what Carter County Nutrition Center does for the people in Carter County. Welcome to the show, Barb.
5: Well, thank you. Thank you for having me.
3: Yeah, Bob. Tell us what what. Tell us about Carter County Nutrition Center. What do you do with the fund that's raised from the King of the River?
5: Well, we use that funds for for our meals for our seniors here in the county. We have we serve over two hundred meals every day. One hundred and fifty-seven of them go out on route to our homebound people. And uh, we do that every day, and then five days a week. And then the weekend, uh, they will the frozen meal. Some of them, if they qualify, and uh, it, helps, it helps get the food to these seniors, and it also uh, improves their lives. They. they Keeps them out of a nursing home. It keeps them active, and we go in and we try and see them every day. If if we don't see them, we find out where they're at. We call. It's yeah. just a good program for seniors.
4: Yeah, Barb, I'm kind of familiar Are with you? the senior centers all over the Ozarks and and. Uh, and do a lot of promoting of the things that they do uh, here on the, on the radio. But uh, it really is important, and I don't allow these seniors, the, uh, the people who are delivering those meals might be the only people they see all day. So it really is important this for y'all to good. have, it's really important to them and to you to keep a check on their well-being by being there for them every day, isn't it?
5: Yes, I had one this week that fell, and uh, if our person hadn't got there, She got there and had to call the ambulance. The lady had laid all night long in her house. Wow. And, you know, and so, yes, it is. It's very important. So so many people don't understand the program, and it's just a heart-throbbing thing. You know, I mean, everybody just we. We take these people as ours. <laughs> yeah, they're like our kids. Yeah, and, it's and more, uh, we we check on them.
4: Yeah, and it's more than just about the food. I mean, that's kind of what I'm getting at. It, it's about uh, keeping a, a, some sense of uh, family, I guess you might say. And even to the ones that come yes. to the center to eat every day. I mean, that gives them a reason yeah, to get oh, yeah. up in the morning and somewhere to go and, and interaction and some exercise and uh, you know. It helps keeping the mind sharp, talking with people, and being involved.
5: Yeah, I have several programs that we do at our center. We have exercise Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for them. They sit in a chair and do their exercise. Yeah. Then uh, today we had a craft program go under where if they wanted to make crafts, they could do that. We have card playing every day. We have a group that comes in every day and plays cards, and that's their big deal. They they enjoy it. They can sit there, even if there's no. We just clean around them when we go to clean <laughs> because <laughs> they're they're not moving. <laughs> they want to stay there. Well, so and- yeah, it's. It is. It's a very important program.
2: And I imagine, Barb, coming out of the pandemic, that you probably have noticed uh, an increased need of uh, your services, you know, not only, like you were saying, with the food, but throughout the entire programs that you offer.
5: Yes. Yes, it is. And uh, this summer, of all things, our air conditioner quit on us. Oh, boy. And we had to, yeah, and we had to purchase an air conditioner and was not cheap by no means, <laughs> but we had one gentleman come in and write out a check to us, which we were very, very thankful, and uh, it paid for, and he told us to get two of them because both our air conditioners are the same age, you know, and we had two air conditioners, the big 12-ton units, so we got two new air conditioners thanks to this gentleman.
2: Wow. That's awesome.
5: hmm Yes. Yes, it was wonderful. So, Barb, do you earmark
4: the Which money that you receive from the tournament? Do you earmark that money for something in particular? I remember we had you on a, a few years ago when you all were trying to purchase a new van, and the money was going toward uh, the new van. So right. Is that something and that you do? we got
5: the van. All yeah, right. Uh, but we try and, if nothing else, we use it for our insurance, for our building, for our vans because we got 3 vans now and uh, you know we have we have a delivery truck for for our food pantry also which ties in with the with the center so you know we're always feeding somebody whether it's low income whether it's seniors we do all of that because I, I started the food pantry about eleven years ago too, and uh, we feed one hundred and fifteen families every month off of that.
2: Wow! And I imagine with the cost so, of fuel in these vans now, that this money is also definitely going to be helping. Oh,
5: that, yeah, yeah. That everything is going up.
2: Yeah, because you can't slow down, down your services, gas, right?
5: Is, <laughs> yeah. Everything. But nobody makes anymore. <laughs> right. Well, Bob, let me ask you that if somebody
3: wanted to donate to Carter County Nutrition Center, how can they contact you or how can they donate?
5: Well, our number there is 573 323 8377. Or if they just want to donate and send a check, They can send it in care of, you know, the nutrition center, Carter County Nutrition Center at P.O. Box 777, Van Buren, Missouri, 63965.
3: Well, Bob, you're doing a wonderful thing. You're the director. And how many years have you been there with them helping with this?
5: This is uh, 11 years. I've been Doing this, I, this is my eleventh fast tournament, and <laughs> out of the twenty-one, I've got eleven of them in, so I've got the majority.
3: <laughs> what, what's the most money you have raised at one of the King of the River tournaments? Can you share that with us?
5: Um, well, I don't have the exact figure in front of me, but I know the one, the one year we got over three thousand dollars. Beautiful. Which oh, was wow. A, yeah, yeah. Well, last year, you know, we had thirty-four boats in in the tournament, and uh, this year, I do want to tell you that this year we've got some prizes for the for the fishermen. That will have a drawing for two night getaway at the Riverview Loft here in Danbury, and that's a value of four hundred dollars. And we've got a gift basket donated to us by one of the hospice um, Three Rivers Hospice and it's full of fishing gear. Wow. And we've we've got a seven by five tent donated to us by Guns and Honey here in Dan Buren. And then we got a thirty dollar gift card from Monty's Outdoor that we're gonna put if you're here, Alex, we're gonna put your name in on it. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I've
3: got also to give something to you from Jolly Cone. Jolly Cone is gonna give away a shirt and cap. to somebody. Oh, okay. Also Jolly Cone from uh, Dan oh. Deering
4: right there.
5: Yeah. Okay.
4: okay. Yeah. Well, I mean that's uh, that's about it. We we're about ready to wrap it up. Wayne, tell people uh, uh, where they can find us because we're gonna we're gonna continue. Uh, uh, with the program, get the uh, the bonus segment of the show coming up. Right,
2: just because the uh, radio show ends doesn't mean that this show is ending. Uh, if you have a uh, phone, a tablet, a computer, then you can uh, just look up your favorite podcast carrier, look up American Roots Outdoors, click on it, continue on with this show again. And if you missed, if you only came in halfway through the radio show and you're like, dang it, I missed the other half the first half, not a big deal. Go check out the podcast; you'll hear the entire radio show plus the bonus segment that can only be heard on the podcast.
4: All right. Barb, thank you very much.
5: You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you Saturday, Barb. Okay. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, sweetie. <laughs> hey, everybody,
3: remember, share the outdoors with a child. Share the outdoors with friends, your family. It's God's creation. remember,
4: when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. So
1: you never got to worry. Hey, What the wind might do
4: American Roots Thank you for joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station.
3: Wise Eye presents American Roots Outdoors. Our bonus segment, Wayne, take her away.
2: Hey, we just want to tell you, uh, thank you for joining us in the bonus segment. Thank you for being on the podcast again. Leave us a review, uh, as many stars as you think we're worth. And of course, we all think we're worth four or five stars at least on a Six. even on a bad day. Six. Six. But six is not yeah. an option. Oh. Uh, and uh, make sure when you review, uh, leave your full name in your review in the state you're from so we can contact you when we pull winners. We had a couple winners last week, uh, pulled, and or two weeks ago. We got another two winners are going to be coming out this weekend, so right. we'll announce that this uh, on Sunday. But, uh, again, we've been talking all smallmouth, all show, but I think we're going to maybe Finished a little bit talking small smallmouth, but I, let's uh, also want to throw in and get into some fall food plotting because, folks, that's right around the corner.
4: Yeah, and if it doesn't rain yes, before it long, it's going to be a terrible time to put in food plots. No, you ain't kidding. Folks, as we're recording this, it's raining and it's supposed to rain this weekend. Rain.
3: Hey, listen. Listen, we're getting rain right now on Birch Street. It started raining. All it's right, coming down over here. So we'll finally get some rain right
4: Yeah, and, uh, and, of course, we're recording this on Wednesday evening. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, and yeah, it might be some pretty heavy thunderstorms rolling across the Ozarks and, and throughout the weekend, uh, this weekend, the final weekend of the month of July. But So, um, Alex or, or Wayne or whoever wants to answer this question, here's my question. Uh, with the uh, July that we've had in the second half of June, basically no rain, everything else has dried up and gone away. Is this going to be good for food plotting in the fall, or is it going to be bad for food plotting in the fall? Alex, I'll let you answer first, and then I'll answer.
3: Well, I think dry weather's bad. Mm -hmm. It's bad uh, for for us. We needed this moisture, this range that we're getting right now. Uh, I never plant my food plots early because I'm worried about the, the army worms. So. There's almond worms, if you get your food plots, they'll just come in and mow them down. So I always wait till about the third weekend of August to plant my food plots. So I just want to encourage all the listeners, wait, wait, wait. Don't plant early. So dry weather's terrible. This rain's going to help us. We need more moisture in the ground to help the food plots. I would not plant early.
4: Uh, you know, and Alex, we might want to, and I, I think where I've kind of going with this question is the fact that uh, with everything else dying off, I mean, a lot of the weeds and a lot of the things that you would have to mow or disc up and, you know, burn off or whatever are pretty much going to be gone now. So, I mean, and we're going to get some rain between now when food plots start going going in, you know, late August, you know, early September. But So I would think it might make the process a little bit easier uh, when the time comes because some of the stuff that you've had to deal with before is just not going to be there.
2: Yeah, Mike, you're 100% right on that. But And one of the things that the advantage of actually, not that there's hardly ever an advantage to a drought, especially for farmers, which yeah. my heart and prayers go out to them right now. Absolutely. Uh, there's no
4: hay and there's no grass.
2: Right. And there's the watering holes. I mean, I'm gonna, we're gonna veer a little bit off that answer just real quickly, but the watering holes are horrible. My, my wife was, uh, just taking some back roads, you know, coming back, um, and I don't remember where she was coming back from, but she went down a few roads that she had not been down before. And she says you could see where the level used to be you know, where it probably normally is. And she says there was like 30 cows jammed into a spot that probably (laughs) should have only had four or five in it. And they're all like pushing each other around just to try and get wet. Um, It's sad. And I hope, uh, you know, the calves are, uh, I'm hearing rumors that people are losing calves because of this. I know we've lost a lot of fawns um, from this heat and this drought, but uh, getting back to your, your question, um, One of the advantages, though, of a drought right now is with everything being brown, now's the time. As soon as you get a little moisture on that ground, disk it. Scrape yeah. it in the ground, turn it over, whatever you got to do before it starts growing green again, because that will get that plant up under the ground for, uh, you know, decompensation and that because it's it's considered a dormant dead right now. Now's the time to flip that ground as soon as you have enough moisture to do it. Obviously, you're not going to do it now because right. uh, you, you might as well try and, you know, flip concrete. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you get enough moisture, enough rain like we have coming in today, and again, we're recording on Wednesday... Um, if you can get enough moisture coming in for a few days to get that penetration uh, where it can get down in there and allow your tilling equipment, your 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 claws, whatever you're using to break that ground and, and flip it up underneath, that's a benefit right now. Yeah, without and, I would, a doubt.
4: and I would think that, that that dried grass or, you know, the dried weeds, that dead stuff that's there will uh, also act somewhat like a compost
2: correct that's what i was saying it'll start decomposing in the ground okay. you'll get that nitrogen from it um it's 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 just a bonus i mean and normally you would have to if we had a normal summer mm-hmm. right now you'd be brush hogging you'd have a lot of green which is horrible trying to flip your ground when you've got you know a foot and a half of grass that you just cut oh. and now you're trying to flip it it's horrible this is actually an advantage. I know my my food plot that I put in that uh, uh, me and Alex put in this year, he tore it up for me. I had a, a guy come in with his dozer, did it. We planted it. I was all excited for it, brown as can be, nothing yeah. but dirt. I mean, actually, if you go up there and you sit long enough, you'll just see a little uh, dust tornado come through. Sure. And it, You know, I was disappointed in it, but the the other side, flip side of that is it's going to be easier for me to get ready for this fall. And uh, you know, I know we we're going to touch base a little bit on some of the fall food plot, uh, you know, plants that we want to put in. That so, yeah,
4: yeah, and 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 I think that's where we go now. Here, we just got a couple of minutes. We want to talk about this, but uh, now's the time to start planning, guys. And um, I, I would assume that the you know some fertilizer may be in order uh, because of the dry, parched, burnt ground. Yep, I mean, uh, you know, some fertilizer may be in order if you can afford to do that. We all know what's happened to the fertilizer prices. Uh, you know, might want to. You know, check with the folks over at NutriPlot. They can help you out with that right. and save you a ton of money. A ton of money, yes. A ton of money. Uh, but um, now it's time to start planning what you want to put. And, of course, your fall food planning, uh, you're planning for primarily deer. I mean, that's the focus. Right. And
2: and you're also looking, and believe it or not, your fall food plotting that you're getting ready to put in is also for next year and and not only for deer this year and and for winter time especially when if we have a harsh winter you're going to need those radishes those turnips those things like that that the brassicas that they, the deer can get to in the winter time but you want that foliage to be there to again for decompensation of the root system get in there and and irrigate the soil underneath that's and, the kind of stuff that right now and is re-fertilize it. and refertilize and it, right and, and create some new soil Yep, and that's the kind of stuff right now that a fall food plot will put in. And we always recommend, you know, uh, like with eagle seed, when I we put in like our smorgasbord, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we also overseed with clover. You know, they've got some phenomenal clover that, uh, you know, is great for overseeding because that's one of the things, not only will the deer attack the clover, which will also last throughout the entire winter, but it's also a great draw in the springtime For turkeys Uh, especially if you don't get the annuals you get the perennials Uh, you know annual clover is great for you know tonnage right away but your perennials is what's phenomenal for
4: springtime yeah i would agree and and uh, if you you know you deal with eagle seed and and they've got so many options for you and some folks you know maybe don't want to do the smorgasbord i don't know why not because it provides everything you need for the winter you know through the winter and right on up till spring uh, until you're ready to put in another food plot uh but um they get a lot of Other options, too, including, you know, their forage beans and all those kind of things that just work wonderful in the fall of the year. So, yeah, now the time to start planning your food plots.
2: Right. And and I know Alex, like he says, he tries to do it around the third week of August, which, you know, around this area, that seems to be a a good, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, basis of starting to think about it. But I want to reiterate to everybody every year I do this is don't plan on a day. Don't say third Saturday of August. I will be out there putting my food plot in because if you look at the weather forecast, the weather <laughs> forecast says for the for the next seven days you have hundred degree temps and it, no rain. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your seat. And not, nowadays nobody can afford to waste their money. Exactly. So you know, watch the weather. It may not be you know the, in August. You may have to wait till September. You may have to wait till end of September. There really is no bad time to put a food plot or a good time. Wait, let me rephrase this. I just got myself tongue tied. No ideal. <laughs> there's time. no ideal time, but there's definitely a lot of bad times. Yeah. Uh, just watch the weather. Forty-five to sixty days is kind of what they need before that first frost. Mm-hmm. But uh, the way the the Ozarks is is here, and I know coming up from Ohio, and that you know it, we may not get a first frost until the end of November, beginning of December, because the the temperatures have gotten so mild, and we've kind of switched to now our our Februarys and our Marches. Are more severe than our Decembers and Januarys were, <laughs> so it, it seems like the whole country is kind of flipped like a, a two month cycle.
4: Yeah, and your, and your average frost actually is going to be about the third week in October. First freeze is going to be probably in about the second week in November. But anyway, yeah. Uh, so take that to heart, folks. Thank you for joining us today, Wayne. Yes,
2: thank you. And I am going to thank all of our guests that we had on today. That was awesome. Uh, Curtis and Barb, you know, a lot of great information about the Current River, about the Nutrition uh, Center. Uh, folks, if you live in the area and you want more information about the Nutrition Center, again, contact Barb uh, at 573-323-8377 and uh, see what they can have offer for your family.
4: Yeah, and next week we will find out uh, on the uh, outdoors or the American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge who the king of the river is for right. 2022
2: and here's a little spoiler next week uh we are going to have um uh i'm drawing a blank here oh why am i drawing test tally is going to be our guest next week really yes and she's going to tell us about uh getting women involved in hunting she's a, an absolute huge hunter and she's going to uh, share a little bit about her trips to africa oh as wow. she's gone so this is uh This is going to be a new little thing for us. I can't wait to hear about these African trips. Yeah, absolutely. Something that's always been on my bucket list.
4: All right, folks, that's going to wrap it up for today. Remember, when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind.